Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Saying that directly in the mic. What? Serenade us. You gotta caress the mic two hands. <laughs> Who's where's that from? Crazy ex girlfriend. Which maybe you should add that to your list of things. Of TV shows I never finished. Uh huh. Yeah. That had a great ending. That last season was actually like a really good ending. Well, I bet she's but also they, showed up with the Bible on the Yes, they did have all of it planned yeah. out. I feel like I should clarify when we say Bible, not the Holy Bible. Correct. That's the when you pitch a TV show, 
you have something that's called the Bible, which is the word that the uh, the scripture, yeah, of the show, actual script, yeah. sure, that the show kind of lives by. A lot of times, if it's a great show that's well planned out, then they will follow it. But then sometimes they like. For example, Crazy Egg's girlfriend was only meant to last for four seasons yeah. and they wrote it for four seasons and we're done. But sometimes shows get picked up for longer than they expect. But again, I always feel like there's better ways to do it. I don't yeah. I don't understand some of them that just have a really bad ending. Badly either. Like I think I think if you're gonna go through all of the trouble to like write a show and mm-hmm. like do a like I would have like a Okay, this is how long. This is where the show ends. If we get two seasons, mm-hmm. this is where the show is going to end. If we get four, this is like this, yeah. this, this, and this, and then past the point, like where there's you like legitimately cannot come up with another thing. Like then that's where the show ends with the other ending you have. Yeah, but like you know, money talks, yeah. and people like especially even if you want to keep people employed. You're like mm-hmm. you know, it's a good gig. Yeah. They've done that Grey's Anatomy every season. We're like, this is the last one. Nope. Keep going. And they're still, I think because that show deals with a lot of real life issues. Like yeah. they, they just did an issue on it, a topic pregnancy that like, I mean, an episode on a topic pregnancy. So they keep like infusing things, but like it's still the same show. And then they bring cast in and out, but still. I mean, it also has a procedural like, like kind of base of like a medical show similar to like a crime show that like people always mm. want to watch that though yeah it's not really procedural but i mean in the same like genre it's like so soap. Me- yeah but like medical shows and like crime shows and that stuff like there's always a demand for that mm-hmm. on tv so yeah they're always going to sell ad space yeah. for it so anyways hi welcome to another episode of but am i wrong starring two people who not once ever have been wrong nope we're in the Guinness Book of World Records for having never been wrong. It's, it's our faces. Do you remember like growing up when like people would like, did you ever have like organizations? They're like, we're going to break this record to get in here and do yeah. something. And I'm like, why? Yeah, me too. Because also like how many editions do they release? Every year. At this point, don't you feel like they just update a website? Probs. And that's like less cool. True. I'm not going to print out the website, PDF, <laughs> spiral notebook, staple it together. So on this podcast, we talk about our own lives. We have multiple segments. We have But Am I Wrong, where we pitch hot takes or situations in our life where we're wondering, are we in the wrong? And then we have But Are You Wrong, where you, writers, listeners, well, listeners, you listen and then you write in your submissions of situations happening in your life. And we will tell you if you are the hero or the villain in your story. And then finally, we have our wrong of the week, a.k.a. but are they wrong, Rachel of the week, where we nominate the piece of shit, pieces of shit, people, person, place, or thing that um, wears the shit crown for the week or for eternity. Mine this week is for eternity. Yeah, I've got a couple options for my one this week. I guess we should introduce ourselves. What's your name? My name's Melissa Demonts, and I would like to apologize for the viewers of this that I did not look at you for the first three minutes. I forgot that we were on camera. I did not forget. I'm. I know. I'm I saw you do it. To camera. I saw you do it, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, I need to look." I was talking to Mons. Oh, I'm Megan. Hi. I was talking to Mons yesterday about how I was like, I would do so well on Abbott Elementary solely for the fact that, like, I. I mean. 
I can I can be humble. I can be self-deprecating. But like I know when I'm good at something, I'm very good mm-hmm. at breaking the fourth wall and like picking those moments. And I'm sure they write them into the show. But if they ever needed just, you know, improv, like look to your camera when you when you have that feeling. I'm good at that. And I love that shit. Do, 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 do. So the best part about the show is you are involved as listeners because you get to vote on who you think was wrong in every situation. So this episode, this podcast comes out on Thursdays and then Fridays, most likely, is when the voting goes up on our Instagram. It's on our stories. They're also immediately added to a highlight. So if you don't see all of them there, check the highlight and you can vote. And then on tomorrow's episode called Fisting Friday, we read the results from the previous week. And sometimes we'll like give updates of like the person who wrote in has given any more clarifying information or whatever. We have all of that stuff. We do a video. Yeah. Look to the camera. I, had already, said, to I had already said that. I said to the viewers. But if you would like to participate <laughs> in, the in, in the viewing, then go to patreon.com slash don't blame me, I believe. Whatever. It's in the show notes. And you can click and join us. We also do live strings. We take violins and cellos and we live stream us playing. We also do live streams twice a month, which we need to do this week. Um, Come chat with us. Come hang. We're a lively group. You can be in on the inside jokes that we have. You You can. Like they won't add us to their uh, text message group. So if you hear sirens in the background, it's raining in L.A. and people don't know how to, one, know how to drive in the rain. Two, a lot of people's tires are bald. Or three, they haven't changed their windshield wipers in a while. So four, our roads aren't set up for um, rain. rain. So there's a lot of, I would call them deeper than a puddle mm-hmm. everywhere you go. Yes. So, hey, pay there's your taxes. that. Yeah. All right. Should we get into our first segment? Let's do it. All right. Well, here's my, but am I wrong? It's a hot take. Okay. It's not really that hot. I actually brought it up to you before. Did I feel scalded? No, not at all. You're like, you're right. That's usually how it goes with us here, though. Yeah. Well, I'm prepared for what you have to say. Yeah. I don't know what Melissa's going to say for mine. It's a really... A lot. Okay, but mine is that if you have a private account account on social media and then follow somebody, I think that they should be able to see your private account. I wholeheartedly agree with that. The reasoning is that one, I I need to I want to know who's following me. Yeah. Oh, and I also just set my TikTok to private. <laughs> I mean, because I'm up for a job somewhere and I and was like they don't want them to, to see, see these videos of you <laughs> pretending to alluding that you're sucking someone's nipple uh-huh um. <laughs> I think that was a smart business move as a girl boss I think that was a good girl boss yeah. move but you know if you're I'm still going to be making videos so if yeah. you're in there then you, you're still going to see mm-hmm. but for the social media stuff like I think it's a safety issue because let's say that you know you might as people that identify as women you might have people that you know you're scared of that stalk you you were telling a story about a stalker earlier not your personal stalker but just one that exists and then they follow you from a private account and you don't know who it is or what they're doing at least like if they have a fake account then I can see that it's a fake account and can block them 
you know, like if it's an open fake account and I don't want people following me and I can block them. But like if it's a private account, and I have no idea who this is, then no, like I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And it's like, why do you get the privilege of seeing my things, but I can't see yours? Yeah. I also think that like, I mean, I've got feelings about underage people online yes. in general, mm-hmm. but I think like young people make up a huge majority of users on social media and they want that. They want that. And I'm like, you need to keep kids safe mm-hmm. by having that so people can see what, who's following them there. Right. And I also saw a TikTok from, I actually don't know who it was. I think it was just like a random TikTok. I don't think it was someone I knew. And they were saying that Instagram and TikTok and social media platforms should implement what Reddit does where you see comment history. Mm-hmm. And so you can see a pattern of behavior too, yeah. because like a it will help with like just the person on the if you're, if you're on the op- other side of like someone bullying you online and you take it really personally, which is makes sense. You realize like oh they just hate these people over and over again. Or if someone makes like in a like a slightly inappropriate comment and you're like I don't know how I should take this. I don't know if I'm overreacting, which you never are. But you can see how they contributed to this behavior in the past. Yeah, yeah. There's. On Reddit, there was this person that was pretending to be black, and I I knew that they weren't. I like just like by the things tweet. that they were saying. I was like, this is not a black person. They were making like comments. So I was like, there's no way this person is black, and they but they were saying that they were. And there's somebody else in the group that I knew from the, how the way they were saying things. I knew that they were black, and so I asked them. I was like, do you think this person is black? And they're like. I wouldn't be surprised if they're not. And so then I looked through their comment history and I was like, nope, they're definitely not. And then I got them banned. So, yeah. So I agree. I agree. There was, I would, that made me think of, um, there was like this Twitter thing. When was this? Like what year it was? I don't remember. But it was, I don't know what ever came out of it between Dean Browning, Patty LaBelle, and then alleged Dan Purdy. So he's responded, said, I'm a gay black guy who doesn't like the way black women are treating this country. And everybody was like, no, you're not. And then I think people exposed that it was not like it was like a whole thing. And then constantly you have those yeah. tweets. Oh, yeah. This one. Oh, this one is. Dan- oh, no. Dean Browning. He tweeted it from his. Oh, yes. 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 It was his, a politician. Yes. Yeah. I and remember he, this. He meant to tweet it from his like burner account, uh-huh. but he tweeted from his like verified white man politician account. I'm a gay black guy and I can personally say that Obama did nothing for me. My life only changed a little bit and it was worse. Everything is so much better under Trump. I feel respected, which I never do when Democrats are involved. <laughs> and it's just like, okay. Yeah, no. I do remember that. Nope. But you are not wrong at all. Thank you. That's like stalking. Like yeah, all that's of that I mean, stuff. Like, like it's, it's just, a, I feel like it's a safety issue. And even if you think about it from like the opposite end of it, people can get into these like negative, like black holes of consuming content from people that they hate or just like participating in like hateful behavior. And the more hateful that you are, the more that like you just have like a negative outlook on like everything. Mm-hmm. And I think it would help the people as well like if you don't get sucked into that and you like you know start fostering relationships outside finding things that you enjoy like the the feeling of being able to be anonymous and say whatever you want that's kind of like a drug to some people it is and it leads to like more extremist views or even if it's not like 
alt-right extremism, like it it leads to just more hatred and self-hatred and like sadness Mm -hmm. that like doesn't help your mental health either. Because you can be anonymous and not have any repercussions, which you can also do. Like you can make a fake account, but then people know it's fake, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But as long as it's a real person, it's different. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Thank you. I had a random... I don't know who this person is. There's not a private account, but they don't have, they have like two pictures, but they comment on something. They were like, that I posted and it was like, sorry, I haven't, Hey fam, sorry. I haven't been keeping up with y'all. And I was like, I don't know who you are. Who are you? Fam? Who's fam? Right. Send me the family tree. Are we talking? Which my, which my family fam, which they were saying it like family fam. And I was like, I know my family tree is wide, but like if I've never talked to you, then we don't need to talk. We don't need to reconnect if we've never connected in the first place. Okay. I'm nervous for mine. Okay. Here we go. Buckle up. So I want to give a disclaimer. I'm coming at this as from an atheist perspective. And I respect other people's religions when it comes to how they carry themselves, their own moral code. And everything like that, that's totally fine. Like, go for it. And I don't want to sound this to sound like callous or whatever. I This is not a, I don't need this to be like an entryway for an educational thing of like, well, in my religion, this is why we do X, Y, and Z. Like, I know that for various religions, like this is used and is important for all of those things. But like, what I'm saying is not religious related. So, okay. But I know this is tied heavily to religion. So, like, I don't mean any disrespect to people's religions and, like, your practices and your culture. This is an atheist perspective. And this isn't something that is reserved for people who are religious. You know what I mean? It's just you experience it potentially differently. So, my hot take is graveyards are a scam. Point blank, there's not enough room. I have thought about this. I brought it up to you all the time. Like I drive by graveyards or I went to like the um, Hollywood Forever Cemetery to go see a movie. And I just seeing these graves, like essentially like they're stacked on top of each other, like crowded teeth that have not yet had braces. Like it's just overwhelming and it's alarming when you see that. But factually, geographically, there's not enough space. We're running out of space. We've been just, running out of space for so fucking yeah, long. They just build them on top of each other. And so according to research published in early 2021, this was in the UK, I'm pretty sure, that the cemeteries will be in full capacity in 10 years and one in six cemeteries will be full within five years. There's a housing shortage for living people. We all know that. And in some places, families have to lease graves. So it's not a Mm -hmm. one-time fee in a lot of places. Like you're having to upkeep a fee and then paying that, whether that's monthly or yearly, to keep bodies in a location where we don't even have enough space for living people. Mm -hmm. They also change the soil composition and they prevent developments from occurring. So the catacombs in Paris are one of like the most famous examples of that. More than 6 million people are buried under the Paris streets. And then the buildings that are on top of that can't be tall because of the weight that it's essentially just hollow Mm -hmm. underneath. And the idea of being able to bury bodies underground and then build things on top of it versus gravestones that are above ground and being buried below ground there, like 
that's not a solution. Like we thought that was going to be a solution and that's also not working in itself. And in-ground casket burials are super bad for the environment. Each year, burials in the United States use 30 million board feet of wood, more than 104,000 tons of steel, 1.6 million tons of concrete for burial structures, and 800,000 gallons of embalming fluid, which was all according to the Berkeley Planning Journal. And the wood alone could build 4.5 million homes. We've seen the prices of wood at Lowe's. Yeah. Especially now, the increase of all of that. So embalming fluid is highly toxic and it can leach into the soil as well as the air. Formaldehyde is a group one carcinogen. And when a cemetery doesn't have good waste management, that can just make it riddled with pollutants. And that those bacterial pathogens then get into the groundwater and then can also affect not just the groundwater at the graveyards and visitors who come by, but people who live near graveyards. And one study tested boreholes and surface water in cemeteries and found antibiotic-resistant E. coli because they just, you have animals there who then will drink said water. But when you have decomposing bodies then riddled with bacteria, we don't have the science and research and study behind it to create antibiotics for these things because they're not happening to living people, but then we're infecting living people. So to be fair, cremation is also not super great for the environment because when you burn things, uh, fires a pollutant to the air. But in my personal opinion, I think if we're just talking about those two options, cremation, the pros outweigh the cons. But there are also, we'll get to the the end where I have lots of other better solutions. Mm Mm-hmm. Which one of them that you probably will get to, I've already told my sister this is what I want oh, to happen I, to me. I could tell you which one it's going to be. Okay. Um, upkeep bills are also like incredibly high. That's always what I've wondered of like, how the fuck do, like, how the fuck do graveyards make money and also like cover the cost of things? Because it's, you know, seemingly a one-time fee, but the bills are just so fucking high, especially for water. Like the watering of the keeping the grass green it's like we're, it's worse than golf courses. Like mm-hmm. you have so much of this to be like lush and beautiful, but burials are also really fucking expensive. The average casket costs $2,000 and gravestones can cost up to $10,000. Then most cemeteries also charge a maintenance fee to cover the upkeep of graves, but then also just the grounds as a whole. And sometimes it's one-time fee. Other times the cemeteries will bill families annually, but eventually they run out of space. It's inevitable. There are graveyards that are full. They don't have space anymore. But then what happens there is they just get overgrown and there's no maintenance because cemeteries are expected to maintain the grounds for eternity from the fees that they either collect one time when people are buying a burial plot or the sum that charge an annual fee. There's not enough, especially when the rest of family members pass on. There isn't enough money to actually upkeep these. And my thought is, if it's about respecting the dead, if there are no funds to maintain the grounds, is that actually respectable? Like, we have this idea of laying someone to rest in this beautiful place, but we can't pay for that. And you can't pay for that for eternity. And you also can't even guarantee after you've passed on that your children will continue to do all of this. Like, it is, it's a wonderful thing that I think comforts people in the moment. But if you look at it bigger picture, it's just a really poorly thought out scam. And we've attached a monetary value to mourning and it preys on people who are grieving. The costs are immense and unattainable for so many people, yet societally we've made 
graves represent how much a deceased one is like loved or missed. You see these like huge, massive ones or families will be like, oh, we have a whole plot for our whole family here. But like, I remember as a kid going to like visit a family member at a graveyard and feeling kind of weird that it was just like a small little plaque on the ground and then seeing these ones that are like so elaborate and like big and feeling like, oh, even in death, there's competition. Like even in death, like it's, we're valuing who has money more than other people. Like capitalism doesn't die just because you die. And I think that's just like such a fucked up weird thing. There are so many eco-friendly options. So recycling graves where you are just there for a period of time. So in Germany and Spain, you rent an above ground crypt until the body naturally decomposes. And then the remains are put in a communal grave. And there's also chemical and casket-free burials, green cremation, or you could be launched into space. Is that what you want? Mm -mm. What do you want? Because I think being launched into space is also, I have problems with that. There's this company called Recompose where they take your body and they turn it back into natural organic material. And then like you can use it to plant things and stuff. Yeah. So that's what I You can do weed. They have ones that are specific like for weed, others Mm -hmm. that are just like marijuana. That's specific weed ones. But um, And then I want everyone that has ever loved me to get a little baggy and then go plant something with it. Yeah. Like that's what I want. And I think that like we do that with like when pets pass and animals pass, like people will be like, oh, also we, enemies too. I want my enemies to get some of it as well. Do you want them to know that it is or do you want to do you want other people? Do you want do you want I other want people to know that I've showed up and then like, what are they going to do? It's dirt. Like even if they throw it away, like it's still going to go to good use. You know what you should do, though, for your enemies? It should be like one of those glitter bombs where they open it and then it's like, that's a little mean. Well, okay. You said if there's enemy. one. There's one person that that can go okay, to, but arch nemesis, and then the, well, then everybody place, else they, get, they just get it. They get a then, plastic bag. Yeah. Well, it won't be plastic though. It'll be a little. They'll get a biodegradable bag. Yes. And it should happen. It should be like if you don't do anything with it, it will like just still plant itself there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's dirt. Like what you throw it away, it's still gonna. Yeah. Maybe put maybe put a little some little sunflower seeds in it. Like put something in that. Include some sunflower seeds with it. They try and flush it down like their toilet, telling there's a sunflower growing Uh on their toilet. Bitch, you thought you could flush (laughs) me away? Yeah. I'm here. Light light pranking. Yeah. On the way up. As as you should. So we need to deal with the problem now instead of pushing it off to other generations because we can't avoid the inevitable. And I think like the core root of all this is we have to adjust how the living mourn the dead because it is the concept of burials and graves, even in like movies, TV shows, the whole aesthetics of it, like they're really, really romanticized mm-hmm. and done as like importance and value to the living. But um, we, we need to adjust that. And death is infinite, but our resources are not. I can't believe you thought that I was going to be against this. Like, truly. No, no, no. I... I didn't think that I didn't know. I didn't know how you would personally feel about it on the podcast. I didn't know if you were like, okay, no, that's a little too like, much. No, I don't think there's. I, I well, when I was looking it up, people were lots of like. It was a lot of like the. This is like all just the atheist, blah blah blah. You know. But who was saying this? I don't know. It's websites, probably white I, people. I, I'm guarantee it was like the evangelicals yeah. doing that because, like, no. I, I've never like gone back to visit any of the dead people in my family. Like we don't believe that your body, like you're in your body anymore. So like 
we don't go back and visit grave sites. Yeah, the only and I've I've told you before that I think funerals are, funerals are a scam. No, yeah, that does that does <laughs> ring a bell. <laughs> the only thing I will say is that like the Jewish community, like there's a really specific um, timeline for how burials and like funerals are done in like a whole time window and. I mean, we should always be conscious of anti-Semitism, but like right now it's like rampant. So I just want to make it like abundantly clear that like if anyone's like furthering this discussion, like this is something that I'm like, I will talk about this with people who like anytime someone's like, if this like part of like the Jewish faith, I'm like, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to get into any of that or invalidate that because I don't know the traditions and the aspects of it or like, you know, any like religious or ethno religion group that has been marginalized and like attacked that like, I'm not here to like, if, like at this point, I'm just like, if you're, if this isn't like a core part of your religion and you haven't been, per, haven't been persecuted and like mm-hmm. globe, like had global, like mass genocide for your beliefs, like you can still get buried. The rest of us, no, mm-hmm. like just, just no, 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 no. Yeah. And I think like, I, I think that there are a lot of like, there's a lot of like graveyards that are some now put in like less desirable areas where like you can't build things. They're like on like some people like say they're like, yeah, you know, you do it like you build it on top of like sewage and stuff. And I'm like, actually, no, like it can't be that unregulated of a of an area because if something floods, then they come back up. Like it can't be soft sewage ground. Also, where we're dropping sewage and trash and things is just piling up. It's not decomposing. No. And like I I think that like there's some like wonderful history in some like graveyards and all of that but I think at this point the existing graves that graveyards that we have if they are not in land that could be used for housing then I think they need to be maintained like city parks are or better than city parks they should be maintained like national parks and they should be used for people to walk their dogs in like their kids playing and and not a completely desolate, empty area. Yeah. And I think at a certain point, I'm like, if if that's disrespectful to the dead, that the living can't move on with their lives and, you know, enjoy it. Like you think of like um celebration of life. It's like, oh, I want everyone to have like fun or whatever. I'm like, you mean to tell me every single person who's buried there is like, no child can run around here. Like that mm-hmm. is like disrespectful. Then I'm like, then I don't give a shit about you. That's what people would be like, because when I lived in that condo, it was next to a grave. Yard and people were like, that doesn't freak you out. I was like, it's just decomposing bodies. Like, no, like that there's nothing weird about it to me. Yeah. And like it's it's just so riddled with capitalism because like actual bodies be decomposing in the ground, like is beneficial for soil. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like you know, obviously not if you're wearing materials that can't decompose, but when you then put all of these chemicals and things in these boxes like people weren't intended for a long period of time even in like religious groups it wasn't intended to be like an an eternal Mm -hmm. grave like it was like you know you're it's ceremonial you've been buried and then we always joke like oh we're becoming worm food like actually you're not though like that's the issue like that would be better yeah you're not wrong thank you i've been saying things like this for a while i used to say that i wanted to be buried naked because that's very on brand for me but then when I found out about the decomposition, then I was like, like I said that up until maybe like five, ten years ago. Yeah. And then I changed it. Yeah. I'm like, please don't, please don't bury me. I don't, 
I don't need the square footage. Mm -mm. I really don't. I really fucking don't. Do whatever is cheaper for you. If you want to cremate me and that makes you feel better, like you prefer to do that, you have the afford, you can afford that. Go for it. I'm leaving money for it. You know? Yeah, no, that's what I mean. I'm like, but if that's how you choose, if you want to choose to use the money I'm giving you, if that's, if you would prefer me to be in an urn or somewhere, you want to wear me like where you want. You want to put me in a little vial and yeah. wear me around your neck? I'm I'm there. I'm ready. You want to shoot me up into space? Fucking go for it. You want to plant me in a tree? You want to spread me, my, my ashes in the ocean? Like, fucking go for it. Like, it's about you. Like, I'm dead. Like, <laughs> this is about you. For the first time in my life, I'm not the main character. Like, See? But you're, you're not you. bringing the main character energy to death. I am. Well, I mean, I do think I'm going to like play a little prank. Like if you spread my ashes, I'm going to like backfire a little bit. And, like you'll choke a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, sorry, I'm a part of you forever until you ship me out the next morning. <laughs> no, but I definitely want to like, you know, haunt people or, you know, leave little notes to make them think I'm haunting them. Yeah. Like I want to do that thing where that people, it's a new thing that people have been talking about where you can hire people that just show up at the back of your funeral or whatever and just have like wear all black and have just like an umbrella and just look they just stand in the <gasps> back and look upon you. That's my favorite scene in movies. Uh, yeah. Where it's like, I can't. Or and you have them even across the street where it's like, they can't see my face, but I'm mourning from afar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be like, it's my death is going to be camp. Yeah. And like, but at, at, after that, like, you know, it's not camp. Lying in a box underground. No, thank you. No. Fuck that. And like, who am I lying next to? I don't know these fuckers. Right. Just one big orgy. I don't trust these bitches. <laughs> Leave. Let me. Let me be free. All right. Well, let's take a break now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you. Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time and I just got my, I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, a, a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function there, it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there oh and and it's it's delicious it's so good and i just i love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like you know medically need some electrolytes but also if you're working out if you're sweating hot summer day you're going to an amusement park you're on your feet for a long period of time all of that um most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need yeah i drink mine specifically when i am working out it's my beverage while i'm working out i just take one stick of the hydrate mix it in with my bottle of water 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there they also have the all-in-one shakes which i absolutely love i'm running low so i gotta get some more but um i love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have 310's four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code BLAMEME right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code BLAMEME. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a. A straight shot into that and something that book of the month 
you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress. And as well, there are reading challenges and rewards. And Book of the Month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next, which for me is like the biggest hurdle. I love when other people make choices for me, especially when they're good choices. And I'm like, cool, I can trust you. So each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All of the books are so good. You can't go wrong. And I mean that wholeheartedly. When we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, wait, this, I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley. And we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from Town and Country saying it's really innovative, fun storytelling. The Ministry of Time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said part time travel romance, part spy thriller and 100% multifaceted joyride. <gasps> When I tell you that, I was like, sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black. And this one is about a missing girl who returns. But that isn't the end of the story. It's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. All right, we're back. Hi. Now it's time for But Are You Wrong? And that's when you all write into But Am I Wrong Pod at gmail.com and share situations that you may have been the wrong in the plot. Not funeral plot, though. Hey, or maybe, maybe, I don't know your life. Writer one, <laughs> I 23, she, her needs some validation. If you feel I deserve it. A family friend of mine, 39, she, her, let's call her Annie is angry with me and has been for over a month now. I agreed to babysit her kids while she went to a concert about a month before said concert. The week of the concert, she checked to see if I could still babysit with a text. When I agreed, I was unemployed, and by the time the concert came around, I had a new job. I told her I could still babysit since it would be at night and my job ended at 5 p.m. She asked, are you sure? We'll be getting home pretty late. 
I had to work the next morning and told her if she had someone else in mind to babysit, then okay, they could do it. But I would babysit if she didn't have anyone else since I promised her I would. She answered with, I'll find someone else, period included. I didn't respond. I'm a person who can't stand when someone is mad at me, but I wouldn't let myself give excuses or try to win her forgiveness since I felt I did nothing wrong. Annie is one to hold grudges for a long time. She's still angry with me about this, and it's been a month and a half. How do I know this? She hasn't asked me to babysit since, which she would at least a few times a month. And when we're together at family functions, she doesn't greet me when she arrives, which she always used to, and she barely talks to me. So am I wrong? Do I need to apologize? (laughs) This woman is so immature. And I don't like you were trying to do a favor for her and you were still going to do it. And for some reason, she's mad at you. She asked you, are you sure? She offered you an out and you said, I see you're out. Mm -hmm. If you have someone else, like, sure. But like, I'm I'm still still going to do it. it. I'm still down. (laughs) No, you're you're not wrong. If you just like since you said that you don't like people being mad at at you if you want to say something to her then cool but like I, she would just be on my shit list and I'd move on with my life and she can be mad all she wants and she can find other child care yeah I mean I my only thing is like was she paying you for this and like you said that you were unemployed at the time but like now you have a job and she used to ask you I think you said twice a month a few at times least, a month yeah so are your pockets hurting? Like, are you like lose? Is this income that you would like to get back again? Because I think that's the only time that I would like say anything because sometimes when people are like cunty about it, but they're not like cunty about something, but they don't like confront you about it or say anything about it. It's because they know that they like can't really fucking say anything and like they don't have like any grounds to stand on, but they're just like mad. Right. And if they told anyone else, it would be like, okay, no, like you're in the wrong here. And so sometimes with those people, I'm like, I'm not going to like you are going to you can just self implode with your anger because you actually can't talk about it with anyone else because you're clearly in the wrong. You can't come at me because you're clearly in the wrong. So like, you know, you can confront that person and just be like, hey, what's up? And then sure. Do you want to try and verbalize why you're the victim in the situation here? Go for it. But I also think that like you can also just like absolutely say nothing. But if you needed the money or you like miss having that money. Then I think that's the only time that I would even apologize. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that, like, you have to mean it. Stay mad is how I feel. But do whatever's going to be best for your pockets and your mental health. Yeah. Okay. This past weekend, I-25 female went to my friend Jordan, 24 female's cottage for the weekend with her boyfriend, my other friend Chloe, 24 female, and her boyfriend, Josh, 24M. So now we can automatically assume that you're Canadian because you said cottage. And we've that's something I've learned from our podcast. Me and Jordan and Chloe are all best friends. We were all pretty drunk. Over the course of the night, me and Josh were getting along and Chloe got upset at how close we were. We don't usually get super friendly at all, honestly. And this night was the exception. I felt like we were bonding. They have been dating for two years. It was totally friendly and not at all romantic, just FYI. Chloe pulled me aside and had a talk with me that it made her uncomfortable. Then after this talk, they both pulled me aside to have another difficult conversation. Basically the same one I just had with Chloe, but now with Jordan. I felt very ganged up on and was much less receptive to what they were saying for this reason. I also just had this exact same conversation with Chloe. 
I told them that I don't know why this conversation is necessary since I just had it with Chloe. Sometimes Chloe isn't as assertive as she should be. I thought maybe she had some things she didn't feel comfortable saying one-on-one, but that totally wasn't the case. After, Jordan came up to me and asked me how I felt, and I told her I was upset about how the second conversation went down and I felt ganged up on. Am I wrong for getting mad and kind of telling off Jordan for how the second conversation was handled and telling her basically that she should have stayed out of it? This is difficult because I could see both sides of this. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that there is a world in which you did absolutely nothing wrong and you are completely ganged up on. And I think there's also a world in which you crossed a line and it was disrespectful of their relationship. And then your other friend was then also upset too. Because like, that's the other part that like, if I, if this happened, if I found this out and it was like, these are like my two best friends or whatever. And the girlfriend confronted her. And then I found out about it afterwards. Like I would confront you too. Like I would, I would be mad as a friend too. Cause like, I will be mad at my friends when, like when you, when you as my friend treat another one of my friends, our friends poorly, that makes me upset at you too, because Mm -hmm. I care about everyone here. And I don't want you to look bad. Like, I don't like when you do things that make you look bad because I like you and like that, I don't like that. So that to me, like both of those things, like those are two realities that like, we obviously don't know which one is like the true it could also be that he crossed the line, but then they take it out on the friend. Yeah. That could be an option, too. But, yeah. And I and I think that, like. But also everyone's drunk as well. And so perception of what actually happened could be off. Like, maybe you did and you don't realize because you were drunk. Or maybe they read too much in it because they were drunk. But if it's two of them saying things to you, then I would go with it's probably you. Yeah, I also think the exact word choice of like this makes someone uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I think it's a conversation we should just have with more as friends. Like, what do you want my relationship to be like with your significant other? Yeah. Cause like some people, like, they want you to be best friends with their mm-hmm. significant other. And other people, like, don't want you to have your own personal relationship. They don't want to have your phone number. And like, that's not about that they're like jealous or protective. It's just like some people prefer to compartmentalize their relationships. Yeah. Like it's just easier and that's what they like and like that's all fine and good but like we should as friends I think we should all be more communicative with what we want out of the relationship with our partners and our friends I I understand feeling ganged up on but I think it's hard when you've made someone like uncomfortable like for me if it was like a complete misstep and a total accident like I would never be like oh you're overreacting it Mm -hmm. would be like Because your feelings are valid. Like, it's like, oh, wow, if I did something that was so not my intention, like, I would feel mortified and so bad. And some people, when they're embarrassed and they feel, like, really bad, you they can lash out. So I think the, you know, lashing out at Jordan and then getting defensive the second time around, that's a little red flaggy to me because, like, I would just feel more sad. But again, some people, when they feel confronted and they feel, like, really embarrassed, they get angry. I don't. So that's not something that I can personally relate to with that. But but also, again, alcohol, alcohol was at play. As yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to think of like, you know, your intentions, but like how they're coming across and like how the behaviors received, you don't have a control over. Yeah. I would just say, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you feel uncomfortable and then move yeah. on and then, you know, stay with the group. Yeah, and you also but have to also, get... I'm like, did they say anything to him too? 
Yeah, that's like, I mean, that's a big part of it too. But I think like in that moment, like you also have to put yourself, if this was the other way around and it was like your partner that like Chloe was too close to. And then if Jordan didn't give a shit, that would make you feel like really bad. Like I understand, like I've been ganged up on groups of three girls or groups of three and any, like anyone like is a hard number. But if it's not a pattern of behavior, that's something that they do, like, would this have in turn done the same thing for you? Mm -hmm. And not like a, well, I would have never said that. It goes, no, no, no. Would, if this situation had happened and it's not about like how you react to the situation, but like, would she have stood up there for you the exact same way? Right. So, yeah, I do think that you are in the wrong here because if I felt disrespected and uncomfortable from like a French, from a friend perspective, I would, I, it, I would probably feel pretty hurt if like my other friend didn't care. I also have a question. After Chloe said something, did Chloe go back and talk to Jordan and then they came to you again and had the conversation or did Jordan separately see what happened and then came to you came when they both came? Like, was it a separate thing? Like Jordan saw something and was like, that's not okay. Yeah. Or did Jordan like, if she came back with Chloe, did Jordan talk at all? Or right. like, was it like Chloe just round two with a witness? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, I also think that like, we can in unintentionally be flirty. Mm -hmm. Like, that is something that like, it, it just, it just happens. Like, because half of being flirty is it's being just, kind and charismatic. Yeah. Like, that's like really what it is. And like, there doesn't have to be like a romantic intent behind it. But especially when you've been drinking and it seems like, these are two couples and then you. So like if everybody has more of a flirty nature with like their significant other partners there, like, yeah, I could see how you could end up like yeah. being flirty and not meaning it. And honestly, this is something I'm very like cognizant of when I'm with like friends where sometimes I'm like, I may have been friends with the guy first and then, you know, became friends when he got a girlfriend with the girl. But I always like, it's something I'm, I make sure that like I'm not ever alone with one of them mm -hmm. or like even like text chains. I make sure that they're both on the text messages because I just don't ever want anything to be wrongly construed. Yeah. And like I will adjust my behavior and relationship like, hey, there's things that you're comfortable with in your own relationship. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but then when you have like I know my boundaries in my personal relationship. I don't know your boundaries right. there. So I'm not going to get to a point where you have to tell me what they are because uh -huh. I've gone too far. Like, I'm always going to like assess the situation, but even just respectful. Like, I'm not going to be like touchy or like anything like that just because like, I don't know what you would be, what your significant other is comfortable with. And I don't want them to have to face that and deal with that question after that boundary's already been crossed by me when I can just as easily not cross it. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think that like we have this whole thing of like, you know, like guys and girls can just be friends, like let people be friends. Like, yeah, totally. But also there's a way to like recognize like you don't when you don't know someone like intimately, like you can know that there's like no f malice or flirtation or like any meaning behind it. But, mm -hmm. you know, like we, we all have our anxieties and we all have like those other things. And like if I'm in general, I'd rather I'd prefer to do everything in my power to like not make someone feel bad or question or deal with anything like that because it's hard in newer relationships. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not bad to adjust how you are in a friendship. Right. All right, next one. 
Hi, Eminem. I hope you guys have a great hottie ween. We did. We did. Thank you. We're trying really hard not to keep talking about Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) I, they, them have a manager. She, her, almost middle age. That's a reference. (laughs) That's a reference. Hmm. I, you, now you I'm dropped like, the crumb and just know we picked it up. And I and I want to know whose whose qualification? Yeah, of middle age. Uh huh. You know, what you know what we mean. If you like to join the Patreon, oh, yeah. then you could be in. This is one of those inside jokes that that we yeah. mentioned we have a before. Inside joke about middle age. Uh huh. And we will not be elaborating. No. I they them have a manager. See her almost middle age. Have gotten super close, but of course have a good work relationship. So sometimes when we go on break, she and I vent out our mental health stuff together as we both struggle with clinical depression, social anxiety, and a form of PTSD, different experiences. So she tells me how she's been super down since it's the anniversary anniversary of her dad's passing. And when she tried to find comfort from her boyfriend, middle-aged he, him, he said, I have my own mental shit to deal with. Get over it. When I heard that I wanted to strangle the bitch, she's told me so many stories how he always neglects her triggers and mental health struggles and personal health struggles. Even though this is my manager, I forever sympathize with people who struggle with mental health, even for people I hate, surprisingly. (laughs) So am I wrong for telling my manager manager that she needs to break up with her boyfriend because he's trash, especially on how he disrespects her mental health? even if she's my manager. P.S. Something I did tell her that did help me a lot was Kylie Sonique Love say, don't let that hurt child make your grown-up decisions. It actually got her thinking and said, yeah, my dad for sure doesn't like to see me sad. I should do something for him. Wow. That's like a very deep quote. It is. And just for everybody, Kylie Sonique Love is formerly known as Sonique is the winner of All-Star Season 6, sorry. And then they were on um, Season season 2. First, I want to say I'm glad they have a friend like you. But I am always hesitant about telling people to dump their significant other. I low-key always think it's wrong to tell someone they need to dump someone. Yeah, it's the need. And you put it in all caps. That is something that I'm not really into unless they're just like, terribly differently yeah like there's a different way to help people see the light this just isn't i don't think you need to tell people that that you dump them or to dump their significant other because one you're only getting one side of the story and then two it can also hurt your friendship because like they may need a friend but this is not what they need to hear right now and so there's ways to say like what do you want? How does this make you feel? Are his triggers are, and I don't think the boyfriend went about this in the same way, but like saying like, did you ask the boyfriend if they were emotionally capable? There's a better way to say this. I don't know what it is, but asking the boyfriend, do they have the emotional bandwidth to handle this right now? Because I mean, I don't appreciate him saying I have my own mental health shit to deal with, get over it. Like, that's terrible, but still, like, there's sometimes, like, I'll have a friend or someone come to me and they have something to share, but I'm not in a mental space to hear it at that time. And I can't give comfort or support because I just can't. Yeah. Right then. So, like, 
do I think the boyfriend handled it right? No. But, like, also you don't know exactly how she handled it either. Yeah. I mean, I... Do I think they should break up? Yes. Yes. Without a doubt. Yes. I don't think you're wrong for wanting to say mm-hmm. this. I think you would be wrong if you did say this because when you tell someone, like, I, you need to break up with them, that doesn't mean anything. You can't make right. them. Like, that's not definitive. Like, you saying that doesn't mean they're going to break up at mm-hmm. all. And you can't. Like, you just, you just can't say that kind of thing to someone just because you actually have no power in the situation. Mm-hmm. And sadly, in, like, toxic relationships, abusive relationships, the person on the other end of it, like, they don't feel like they have any power. Right. And so in that moment, when you tell them they need to do something, you're actually giving them power to say, I'm not going to do that versus empowering them to know that they have the power to leave. Mm-hmm. Like you're basically giving them, giving them an us against the world mentality to kind of stay. But yeah, I agree. Like we talked about it in last week's, but am I wrong? So like, yes, we both said in that last episode that like, when we're going through our own mental health struggles, like I don't, I mean, I don't like the person that I am, but I also like don't always love how I choose to treat how, yeah, I mean, I I do have agency in those moments. Like I don't like always how I treat people or how I go about saying things or whatever it is. Like I'm not the greatest friend at that time, Mm -hmm. but I would never do this. And to me, this is something I probably could have done when I was like at an absolute horrific point in my life without any therapy, without any tools. And when I'm not working on myself and that is like a, a journey that people who deal with their mental health, like have, and like, we have that, that time in that place. And unless you've had parents, parents who like set you up with the tools and the resources to be in therapy for like, however long, like from a young age, it's kind of an unavoidable thing, but that doesn't mean that it's her responsibility to maintain and be in a relationship with someone who's at that point. Like yeah. if I was at that point, nope, not, I can't be in a relationship. Like mm-hmm. it's, that's when it's like, yeah, you, you have your own shit going on. And your response is like a, the definition of an untherapized response to someone who is not working on themselves. And that's okay. And you can grow from that. And that doesn't be your permanent state, but like you need to eliminate the casualties around and like, you shouldn't be in a relationship. Yeah. So we always say this, but like when it comes to like friends or telling anyone about like their relationship, even if it's an abusive situation, there's a way to go about it. It's a privilege and it doesn't always feel like that to like be a person who someone feels like they can choose to like share things with. And more likely than not, you're the only one because like very often people just keep everything to themselves. Yeah. They don't tell anyone anything. And if you're telling one person, the only time I think it's acceptable to like cut off that communication and like shut down that outlet and that resource is if it's affecting your negative health. Wow. That's Do you love yourself? No, I was like (laughs) negative, like mental health. I I did Megan. That's dark. I know. That's what I said. Do you love yourself? (laughs) Uh, Sure. Um, That is affecting your mental health. Like that's the time or when you've gotten to a point where it's like, this is the last, I can't continue on in this. This is really hard for me. So like, I'm giving you one last thing after I've tried everything else. Like mm-hmm. this is the, this is like the absolute last thing ever. And it's not need. It's like, please, I'm asking you desperately. Like we, I've tried to get through to you on all these other things and all this stuff. I'm like, this is such a bad relationship for you. You deserve so much better. And like, I really, really want you to end this. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. There's just other ways to say it. And Imagine someone tells you you need to do something. 
I'm not doing it. No. Fuck off. Okay. Hi, Megan, Melissa, and fellow listeners. Hi. I'm 24, she, her, and my boyfriend is 21, he, him. He has been one of my best friends since I was 17, and we've been dating for a little over three years. We are long-distance best friends for my first two years of college and uh, started dating the summer before my junior year slash his freshman year. He's old for his grade and I'm young for mine. So I graduated in May 2021 and he will graduate in May 2023. You should have picked this one because there's too many fucking numbers for me. I worried about him starting college in a relationship, but he assured me that's what he wanted. Over the summers, we spent half the week in the same house, separate beds. During school, we would visit each other every two months. In the past, Megan and Melissa, hi, yes, that is us, uh, endorsed the idea of living in the same city but in separate apartments after being long distance. I thought this made complete sense. This summer, I've been internally wavering on my stance and starting to consider moving in together three months after he graduates when my lease ends. He'd prefer to move in together when my lease ends but has always completely been on board to wait because I wanted to. As his graduation comes into view, it seems weird to deprive us both of something that I think would make us both happy. I still worry that he'll be deprived of a life experience. Also, I sense from friends and family that investment or taking steps in a relationship is counter to investment in myself. I think this is a result of the patriarchy telling women they can't be successful in a relationship. To conclude, would I be wrong for deciding I want to live together after my lease ends in September 2023? I want to live together now. This is different than what we've talked about because y'all have lived in the same place together. You're just in different rooms. Like, this is not the same situation that we usually speak on. No. And I do think that there is, um, there's a very different relationship that people have when you have grown up with someone and your friends, like, you've had independent lives and you're not, like, I think if you're moving to a city where you both don't know anybody, I think you'd be better set up than people who started dating in college Mm -hmm. because- Time is like the solution to everything, but there is a comfort that comes with time. And even if it's not time you've been dating, but like time that you've known somebody, Mm -hmm. like they've seen you through like finding your personality and like different friends and all of that. Like, especially in high school, like you have the sports that you play, you have clubs, you've got your school friends, you've got your class friends, you've got all of these different like things that like your life is full. College, you have school. And you have a relationship or you have a friendship. Like, you have to really go out of your way to, like, have all of these different facets of your... Like, so many fucking plates spinning at one time. That's much harder to do and can make couples a little bit more codependent. So, like, I had friends in college who were had, like, hometown, like, long-term boyfriends. And then I had ones that, like, met like started dating like someone like the summer before they, they got went to college or whatever. And the girls who had their high school boyfriends, they would their boyfriends would come visit for the weekend. And I wouldn't even know they were there the weekend because I still hung out with them all the fucking time. And I'm like, yeah. oh, he was here? Like, or if he was, he'd be like, hey, I'm going to grab and do this, whatever. Like it was, there was, there was no like pressure or rush to spend all of their fucking time together. It was like, oh, we've coexisted in the same high school for years. And we've been friends and like, we're in a relationship, obviously, but like, my life, I don't go dark when he visits for a weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, I show him my life. He does his own things when he's here. I do my own things. And, like, you wouldn't know what he, any different. And, yeah. like, but that is really different than the people who had, like, you know, hometown boyfriends who they dated for a small, like, a short period of time. Or if they didn't have, like, grow up together and have, like, a really robust individual life. Yeah. You've already had your trial run, so I don't see an issue. Yeah, I think, like, 
if you're moving to a brand new city that like he's visited you in, but like he's never like lived in before. I think that like making sure, which it seems like you have that, like, even if he says like, no, I'm like, yeah, I want to live with you. And like, this is like great. Like you can do that and then be like, okay, it's really important to me though, that like you join like an intramural team. Like you do something that is separate from like you do something where you're not visiting here. Like mm-hmm. you do something to set down roots. That's just you. And you can encourage that while you like live together. Like it's just not, he just can't be added on to your life because that becomes really isolating. But to the part where you said like you sense from friends and family that it take the investment of taking step in a relationship is counter to investment in yourself. You think that's a result of the patriarchy telling women that we can't be successful in a relationship. I personally uh, disagree with that. I think that you can be successful in a relationship, but in order for anything to succeed, you have to, you're, you're pouring from one cup. So you have to sacrifice on other things there. And I don't think that you can't have a successful career and successful friendships and be like a successful member of society and volunteer and all that. You can have all of those things. It's just about what level of participation and like active hours you're putting into all of those things. And like thinking that you can have it all, you, you can have it, but you can't, (laughs) you can't always have it all at a hundred percent. And I don't think that that's a part of like the patriarchy, but I do think that like thinking that you can do and have everything and do it all perfectly is a result of like hustle culture. Mm -hmm. And that I think is detrimental. Yeah. I think that, I think the goal of success, like whatever that means, like monetary or whatever it is, but yeah, like if you want to be crushing it and like making a fuck ton of money and like working really hard, you will sacrifice hours that you would quality time with a significant other time in your hobbies, time volunteering. Like it is true. Like I make less money. Like when I was working like my ass off and I was single, I had less cups to pour from like my pitcher into. And uh-huh. that's what it is. Yeah. And that's it. So let us know. Are you living together? All right. Let's take a break. Woo. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So now we are back and it is time for But Are They Wrong, a.k.a. Woad of the Week, Rachel of the Week. And this is when we pick someone or something from the media, pop culture that we think is the wrong of the week. Oh, tomato, tomato, tomato. So this week I'm nominating Aubrey Drake Graham. And so, as y'all know, Drake is already an enemy of the pod. Yeah. We talk a lot about him, but we don't, it never really makes it to air. Do we ever talk, do people know that our, like, the dual hatred, Canadian hatred we have of him and... I mean, we talk a lot about The weekend. Do we talk about The weekend on the podcast, though? Yes. Okay, because I just want you all to know that, like, if I actually had to nominate our top spots of enemies, like, on and off the podcast, like, who we talk the most shit on... It's it's them. So if you thought it was Leo Michelle, it's not. Yeah, I know that we have because Narissa messaged me and said, oh. I can't believe y'all don't like The Weeknd. I can't believe that people like The Weeknd. And then also there's now a, a class in Canada that's going to be teaching some class about Drake and The Weeknd. But anyway, this is specifically, I mean, The Weeknd hasn't really done anything. No, he released some homophobic. Oh, I didn't know about that stuff. Lyrics and also dated... Um, Bella Hadid when she was, I think, barely of age. Okay, well, anyway, back on track. So Drake, enemy of the pot, said some things about two of our faves, friends of the pot. We probably talk about <laughs> our, our 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 love of Olympia's dad and <laughs> more we than like love Olympia's dad. Yeah. So like he like it's as if he listened to the podcast and was like. As someone who is your number one on your shit list, I'm going to go after the top people who you love. Uh-huh. And it was like, 
and you thought we weren't going to talk about you right too? like okay we get it you want our attention you got it come for kiki it'll be <laughs> fucking obsessed <laughs> if you come for and here's the thing you can go for kiki do you love me but if you come for lauren kiki palmer mm-hmm. i sleep You're with done. one eye open You're sleep with one eye fucking done. open done one eye open bitch <sighs> but anyway getting back on track <laughs> We're very so passionate. passionate. So passionate. So on his song, Middle of the Ocean, he said, sidebar, Serena, your husband is a groupie, which is rich coming from Drake. So first of all, if I'm married to somebody, they should be my number one fan. They should be running my fucking fan club. Like, I'm sorry, you thought that was an... It, uh, no, that's... Like, you just told on yourself that you're like, actually would be the absolute worst partner in the world. Yes. And like, you know, in true fashion, Alexis, that's his name. And even though the rest of this time I will be referring to him as Olympia's dad. um, He posted on Instagram. The reason I stay winning is because I'm relentless about being the absolute best at whatever I do, including being the best groupie for my wife and daughter. Pussy dripping. Like when there are some men who put hot sauce in condoms and then there are (laughs) other men who winning shots. And then have wonderful children. Yeah. Like winning shots, wonderful children that they claim from the beginning. Uh huh. That they support financially as well as emotionally throughout their entire life, mm-hmm. as well as the mother of said child. Yeah. And not only will that child want for nothing uh, physically and monetarily, they will want for uh, nothing emotionally. Right. And mm. um, let's not forget that Drake was simping so hard for Serena going to all her matches up in her face in clubs. I mean, I don't know if they were dating or not, but the fact is she's been married to Olympia's dad for the last five years. Drake, get the fuck over yourself. Move on. Like, why? Why are you so mad? Like, (laughs) he's literally giving incel pick me behavior. Yes. Like, it's like, it is literally like, where's my hug? Mm -hmm. Like, but these nice guys, like, it's like, oh my gosh, wow, you pursued this. Well, it's like, I didn't even want her. She's a fucking bitch. Like, oh, wow. Okay, get off 4chan. And also, not even, like, if we move away from him, like, simping over Serena so hard, there's also the fact that Drake is the biggest sports groupie there ever was. <laughs> there are so many memes of him from games, so many pictures of him hugged up on like professional athletes. You're the groupie of all groupies. He's just the biggest sports groupie there is. Well, he like fights with players. I on the know. Court. That's what I'm there's so many means of him from games. Like groupie of all groupies. Sit yeah. down. And then he comes for Megan the Stallion. And I'm like, just leave Megan the fuck alone. She does not bother anyone. Everybody leave her alone. Yes. Leave everyone named Megan. You can bother me and you can bother Megan McCain. But leave Megan Markle and Meg the Stallion alone. Leave them. Oh my God. Also, again, I did wonder. I'm like, do you have a death wish? Like at this moment, like, okay. So you just really want to, uh, you want to appease and uh, to racists let's yeah let's just let's just let megan speak for herself good call good call call. so just if you don't know what the he has a song called circo loco 
that says, this bitch lied about getting shot, but she's still a stallion, implying that Megan is lying about getting shot by Tory Lanez. So Megan herself has been very vocal against society's acceptance of violence against Black women. And in 2020, she wrote an op-ed for the New York Times about the shooting and the intersection of racism and sexism. I highly suggest y'all go read that, but I will read a quote that Megan put on Twitter as Auntie Dion Warwick says, a quote. And I'm going to say a word that I usually don't say amongst mixed company with palm colored people, but this is a direct quote. So Can here I, I go. My ears? No, I mean, you can hear. Okay. Stop using my shooting for clout, you bitch ass niggas. Since when the fuck is it cool to joke about women getting shot? You niggas, especially rap niggas, are lame, ready to boycott about shoes and clothes, but dogpile on black women when she say one of y'all homeboys abused her. So the only good thing to come out of any of this really is like a lot of people are turning their backs on Drake, which finally welcome. Join us. TikTok commentary has been chef's kiss. It's been it's been so good. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, bye, Drake. I'm waiting for more things that people aren't talking about in public, like a lot. But I'm waiting for those things to come out against you. And uh, you've been on my shit list for years. And also JoJo's version of Marvin's room is better than yours. Yeah. Ian. Also, just like factually, it, you make music for Maddie Pruitt's husband. You make music for Trissy Trout. You make music for white boys who think they have an N-word pass. Like, you have some songs that I will admit, they're great. But, like, you just happen to be an incel who's, like, conventionally attractive and famous and rich. And, like, no matter how much money you have and fame you have, like, if you hate women, it's going to happen. Also, again, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't believe the hot sauce and a condom thing for one bit. If that was true, I just, I just, so. Anyway. Fucking hate him. Always and forever enemy of the podcast. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot mm -hmm, of wrongs of the week. And I think I'm just going to go through them instead of just picking one. Yeah. So first up, I would like to nominate Orbeez, a.k.a. Water Beads. I ended up on this side of TikTok that was absolutely terrifying. If you don't know what they are, you can look them up. Some places they're called Water Beads. That's kind of like the generic name for them, like across the world. But Orbeez is a specific brand name, kind of like Kleenex and tissue sort of thing. So they're basically these like little ball things. They were really viral on YouTube a couple years ago um, for like challenge videos, like filling my pool with like a million Orbeez, like doing all these challenges or whatever. They're really fucking popular with kids. They're colorful. They're bright. As a neurodivergent person, I look at them, I go, crunchy fun. They look like squishy, sparkly, fun, like dipping Dots. It's the same feeling I had when people were like, some children are eating Tide Pods. And I go, I could see it like that as someone who is enticed by those things. I'm not going to eat it, but I could see it. So they're also in slime a lot, but they're also in certain kinds of squishy toys. You know what I mean? Like when it's like the ones that like you squish them and it's clearly there's like a gel or a liquid on the inside and one side gets a lot bigger than the other. And, you know, it's like moving around. 
So Orbeez have on the like packaging of them, like what the age requirements are. And it says like, caution, do not use, have children use unsupervised can be a choking hazard. So sure, they could technically be a choking hazard, but honestly, like not really, like they're little softer. They're, they're able, they're small. They're able enough for children to swallow. When I look at it, I go, I think that that had to have been a toy before I was born that they have since banned. Like just looking at how, how they, it's like cigarette candy again. Like they're looked in a way they go, they, they look like gushers. They look like they should be edible. But I know in my adult brain that they're not. That's not being like reported in the, when you're selling them, there's none of that shit. And it's not like, oh, this is automatically, people are being swallowed. They're swallowing and they're killing them. There's one woman who on TikTok at the Waterbead Lady does has an entire account dedicated to this. And in 2017, her daughter um, just like swallowed some and started getting like it was just like odd, like her behavior and like her development. Um, and she suffered severe brain damage. And it's it's permanent. It's not a temporary thing. And this other woman on my for you page her kid swallowed one, just one, and was so violently ill and like was getting sicker. Vitals were going down. Like doctors were like trying to figure out what the fuck it was. But it was like, they're so small. You can't even see when a kid swallows them. And like older kids are playing with them, but there isn't, they're not coming with a warning. And it's, you think of a choking hazard. Yeah, I'm going to watch my kid play with this. But hey, even if my kid swallows it, It's just a choking hazard. So therefore, if they didn't choke, we're in the clear. It's literally not. The thing that freaks me out, and I sent it to my sister-in-law because I know, I mean, it's it's a little older than my nephew, but her nephew, he's of like the age of that. But even I was thinking like daycares, like like preschools, like places that have like, you know, activities and those things to do, like they're like they're used without real regulation and like in in the masses, like everybody uses them. So fuck Orbeez and just like <laughs> absolutely fuck whoever. Like I'm I'm so here for like the regulations when it comes to like safety of like children's and baby products. But whatever fucking timeline that we are on right now that has not moved forward and it has been able to do a mass recall of this, like needed to have happened like well over a year ago. And this is so fucking dangerous that at this point, I wouldn't trust any, whoever is the fucking manufacturer of, or I wouldn't trust any other product that they're putting out there. Yeah. Next is um, the founder of Oculus. Did you see this? Mm-mm. So Oculus are the VR glasses. He designed VR glasses where if you die in the game, you die in real life. No. It's I, like a I can't. suicide vest in those goggles. I can't. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Fuck that. Fuck that. And the final one, this one pains me to say, and I will not hesitate at all just blocking anybody who wants to get into discussing this or defending this or whatever. Like, we've made it a really clear point to make our our content as well as, like, the subsidiaries of our content, like our Instagram, our Patreon and our Facebook page to be a place free, safe and free from this. So you don't get to, you're you're not, I'm not inviting any arguing on this. I would like to 
sadly nominate Rihanna and Fenty yes. for inviting Johnny Depp to be a part of the Fenty fashion show. And it has been officially confirmed. It's about 40 seconds of him walking out from behind a tree. And the repercussions of that trial will affect women and victims for years and years and years to come. And it's going to take fucking centuries for us to recover. And then when people platform those people on a larger stage to a bigger audience and fan base, we're set back even further. And I wish Rihanna peace and healing on her journey as a a victim and a survivor of domestic abuse. And I hope that people who have also suffered violence in relationships or in any kind of relationship view this as what it is, which is somebody who has not processed their experience and are in turn hurting other victims and not what you as a victim should strive for as healing and what you should strive for as like complete moving on past your traumatic event. Like this is not a goal that you want to be at. This is not only like, is it a mistake, but it's it. I'm like very ups- I'm I'm like I'm devastated and I'm like really upset with her and the whole team. But and I'm also really sad that someone who's experienced this personally would make this call because all that says to me is how unsupportive you must have been in your time within your own personal relationships, not just the public perception. And I wish her healing. Yeah. Uh, well. That is it. Do you have any good news of the week we should end with? Oh, good news of the week. Shaq had a wonderful clap back to Kanye West. What do you say? Furthering Shaq being at the top of our BFF list, friend of the podcast. Kanye said, Shaq is in business with Jamie Salter. Jamie first said he's 50-50 with David Beckham and 50-50 with Shaq. I said, Jamie, there's no such thing as 50-50 in business. Who has the extra 1% of the control and voting rights? Believe me, you don't know me like that. Worry about your business. And to quote the once great Kanye West, I got more money than you, so why would I listen to you? Take my advice and get your family business in order. Have a great day, brother. I love Shaq. Yep, that is the wonderful, good amazing news of the week. And I made pumpkin bread, which is also good news of the oh, week. Oh, yes. And we're going to have to put it in my mouth. In your mouth hole. Woo! Okay. Well, we'll... Go vote tomorrow. What? On the episode. Oh, I thought you meant an election. I was like, voting is right now. No, no. I fucking love filling in those little bubbles. That's it. We hope you enjoyed. Leave a review on the podcast app. We would so appreciate that. We can read one. Oh, we have a new one? Yeah. And don't forget to actually subscribe to the feed because you can get push notifications. Yeah. Every single time. I'm going to read this one. It's going (laughs) to. I'm going to laugh. Stop. Oh, no. And go comment on our Instagram who your personal wrong of the week is or who your personal um, Malala of the week is, which would be just what did Malala do this week? Or comment who your, I couldn't say, comment your, should we be a good one or a bad one? Both. Or, yeah. It's comment like, your, um, was it 
your lemon and your sugar, whatever the fuck. Your rose and your thorn. Yeah. Comment your good and bad place, Rachel of the week. All right. So this says love Megan and Melissa. I love, love, love both podcasts, but I'm so sorry. Having them both combined into one feed is so confusing. I feel like it's so much easier. And every so many people have said it's easier. Yeah. So if you're having trouble with deciphering the shows, I know Apple Podcasts does make it hard. If you have Spotify, I suggest using that because it shows the different icons for the show. But here's the other thing. I'm just saying for this specific person. Yes, but also roulette. You don't know what you're going to get. But also, what does it matter? Don't you love every single episode and value them all exactly the same? Yeah, so this has always been inevitable. And maybe it's our bad that we didn't tell. Well, I guess we couldn't We couldn't say we, we won. We couldn't say. Yeah. So just know that like we always wanted to do this and just pretend it's always been this way. Because yeah. this is like, that was what we wanted to do, the yeah. goal. Because two feeds make no fucking sense. It doesn't. But if you are having trouble, look at Spotify. Yeah. And we do wish that every time we uploaded an episode, like it on Apple Podcasts, the thumbnail would Also, if you go from your desktop, it does adjust. It's just the app on your phone. I was thinking about that. Yeah, it's just the app on the phone. Okay. All right. We'll We'll circle circle back. back. Goodbye. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.